Welcome to the Enchanted Library, where we turn the pages of books, beautiful and old, living and magical. It's time to curl up, get cozy, and join us on an adventure. Today, we're starting a new book called Lions in the Barn by Virginia Francis Voigt. Chapter One, Thanks to the Elephant Man. Say, Pa, Clay called out to the chair where his father was getting shaved by the village barber. This says there's a circus feller looking for a barn. What says, Mr. Baldwin sang back. This here New York paper, said Clay, holding up the weak old newspaper, says he's looking for a good stout barn for wintering his lions and tigers. Guess this would be too far out in Connecticut to suit him, son. The barber lifted away his razor and said, Could be, Hank. He'll come out this far. It ain't so easy to find warm barns standing empty for the winter. Most circuses in the old days had no permanent winter headquarters. This gave many a farmer in New York State and Western Connecticut a chance to make a little extra cash by winter boarding animals. But this was the first time there had ever been any notion of having circus animals in the neighborhood of High Ridge Farm. The Baldwins had an old barn that had once been used for sheep and was so well built and warm. It was now standing empty because the flock had grown too large for it and had been moved to larger quarters. Let's see that paper, Clay, said Mr. Baldwin, as he stepped out of the chair and put on his hat. He glanced at the date before reading the advertisement. Last week's paper, hmm? We may be too late, but it won't do no harm to try and write him, I guess. He took out of his pocket a small notebook and copied down the name and address. J-D-O-B-B-I-N-E-L-L-I, he said, spelling it out. Until then, the circus man's name had meant almost nothing to Clay. But now that he heard it spelled aloud, he felt he had heard or seen it somewhere before. Could it be on that old billboard down by the blacksmith's? "'Meet you outside, Pa,' Clay said, and dashed out the door and down the village street to the blacksmith shop. There it was, a weathered old poster of a year ago, advertising Hathaway's rolling show and menagerie. The great, death-defying Signor Josephus Dabinelli, most daring animal trainer in the world, and his ferocious lions, tigers, leopards, and other formidable felines. Pa wrote the letter that night. He figured it would take more than a week for the letter to get to New York, and for Signor Dominelli's reply to come, if any at all came from him. But every time Pa went to the village, Clay kept watching for his return to see if the mail had brought any news. One evening, only a week later, Clay climbed into his favorite pound-sweeting tree to see if any of the apples were right enough to eat. All the while, though, he kept listening for the sound of Pa's horse far down the lane. Just as Clay was reaching for a large yellow apple that seemed ripe, he heard Whitefoot trotting up the lane from the road. Forgetting the big apple completely, he swung out of the tree and took off hot foot through the orchard. Breathless, he burst into the barn where Pa was stabling Whitefoot. Did the letter come? Pa turned with his slow smile. The letter came all right, but Mr. Dobinelli hadn't quite made up his mind yet. Says he has a big lot of cats. Seems he's been dickering for a larger barn than ours over in New York State, and I'll take that one if he can get it. Aw, 
clay kicked unhappily at the boards of the horse stall. Guess it was just too good to be true. Don't be downhearted. There's still a chance the animals may come here, Pa reminded him. The man will let us know for sure by next week. Clay perked up and even managed to whistle as he helped his father with the evening chores. By the time they had finished the milking and carried the milk pail to the spring house, Emily was clanging the supper bell on the back porch of the farmhouse. Then she ran back inside to help her mother set out the baked beans and buttermilk biscuits. The first thing Ma and Emily wanted to know, when Clay and Pa stepped into the kitchen, was whether the circus lions were coming to High Ridge Farm. We'll know in a few days, Pa told them. Ma sighed. We could use the cash money the circus pays for boarding critters, but I don't know how our cows would feel about having jungle cats living right next door. Oh my, Emily exclaimed, as if this was a new thought. They won't like it. Clay grinned and gave one of her long braids a playful tweak. Could be your bossy cow will be so scared she'll give sour milk. But later... When he carried a pan of food out to the back porch for Rusty the old sheepdog, Clay, too, felt a prickle of misgiving. Rusty got unwell with the farm cats, but how would he react to cats that were twice as big as himself? Clay ran a hand fondly along the dog's shaggy back as Rusty wolfed into his supper. Last year, the dog at a neighboring farm had been all but killed when he tangled with a bobcat over on Hemlock Mountain. Maybe they had better take Rusty over to Grandma's to stay if the lions came to their place for the winter. Clay wished the circus people had come themselves to see the barn, a fine long building, just the place to make a cozy winter home for a family of lions. The New York barn might be bigger, but it was probably drafty and chilly as well. One afternoon, two weeks later, Pa stopped at the Crossroads School on his way home from delivering a load of apples in the village. There was mail for us today, he said. "'as soon as Clay and Emily had climbed into the wagon seat beside him. "'From the circus man?' Clay shouted. "'His father nodded as he lifted the reins and started the team homeward. "'He's coming to High Ridge with his critters.' Whoo! yelled Clay. "'The lion fellow couldn't get that New York barn,' Pa explained. "'It seems the elephant man got ahead of him there.' "'Gosh,' said Clay. "'I wish we were going to board the elephants, too.' His father laughed. We'll have our hands full as it is. There will be lions, a tiger, and some other big cat animals. Clay whistled shrilly. I guess we're lucky at that. Inside him was a glow of friendly feeling for that elephant man, whoever he was. If it hadn't been for him, busting in and getting the New York plate first, they wouldn't be seeing hide or whiskers of a single lion at High Ridge Farm this winter. The lions will arrive sometime in October, Pa said, turning the horses into the home lane. We'll have to hustle if we expect to have the barn ready for them by then. Chapter 2. Plain Joe Dobbin Every afternoon after school, Clay worked hard helping Pa prepare the log barn for the jungle boarders. He and Pa scrubbed the floor, whitewashed the walls, and chinked the cracks between the logs, where the original filling had dried and tumbled out. Fortunately, the barn had big double doors, large enough to permit the high, wide animal cages to be pushed inside. But they had to rip out the hayloft that covered half the old sheep barn in order to provide headroom for the cages. Outside, they banked earth and hemlock boughs high around the walls to keep out the biting winter cold. There would have to be some sort of heating system, too. 
Without a fire in their man-made den, the circus catch would surely perish. Lions weren't equipped by nature to stand the cold of New England winters, like the deep-furred native wildcats that prowled in the neighboring hills. Pa and Clay hitched the ox team to the stone boat and dragged a few loads of stones over from the hillside pasture. They built a chimney, and then they lugged the old Franklin stove down from the farmhouse attic and set it up in the corner of the barn. Finally, they built a bunk for the circus man, who would stay on the farm to look after the valuable animals. Emily's gray cat, Tilly, came nosing about as cats will, taking a great interest in all these doings. She policed the barn to see that no mice crept into the clean straw, which had been heaped for a mattress in the circus man's bunk. "'You won't make so free in here, puss, when you see the size of those cousins of yours that are coming,' Clay told her. Then he looked wonderingly about at the familiar barn. It was hard to believe that in a few days these walls would be lined with the cages of big jungle cats. Golly, it would be like going to the circus every day and getting paid for it. One frosty day in October, Clay took his turn staying after school to split kindling and fill the schoolhouse wood box. Walking home, he rounded a curve in the narrow road and found himself scrambling up the bank at the side in order to get out of the way of a small herd of horses that was trotting toward him. Such handsome horses had never been seen before in that countryside. They were huge, powerful work stock, all a matched, dappled gray, all with a proud, satin-skinned, well-cared-for look about them. Clay realized with a thrill that they must be circus horses. There were ten of them, and four were ridden by hostlers, wearing faded purple jackets and breeches, trimmed with tarnished gold braid that had been probably bright and new at the start of the circus season last spring. The hostler and the lead horse drew up opposite Clay. Is this the road to the village, bub? Yep. Sure enough, Clay thought, as he gave the man directions. These were the circus teams that had pulled the lion cages to High Ridge. Clay watched the magnificent teams until they were out of sight, and then ran all the rest of the way home. Emily came flying down the lane. Clay, she shouted, the lions have come. They're in the barn right now. "'Did you see them?' he asked anxiously. "'Yes,' said Emily, dancing beside him. "'The sides of the wagons were open, and I could see into the cages. "'And the wagons are beautiful, all red and gold with carved lion heads on them.' "'Clay didn't wait to hear any more. "'He sprinted for the lion barn to see for himself. "'Pa was standing at the door with a lean man in a bottle green coat and tight buckskin breeches.' His black eyes were bold, but warm and friendly, too, as he smiled at Clay. "'This is my son, Clay,' said Pa. "'Howdy, Clay.' The man gave him a hearty shake. "'Glad to meet you.' "'Howdy, Senor Davinelli,' Clay answered, squaring his shoulders and trying to sound gruff and strong, although his voice almost failed him. "'I'm glad, too.' The man laughed. "'Forget the Davinelli.' That's just the way I'm billed on the circus posters. But in real life, I'm plain Joe Dobbin. And I used to be a farm boy just like you, Clay, up in Vermont. He nodded northward and then swept his smiling glance over High Ridge Farm. You folks say Joe to me, and I'll feel right at home. Well, that's what we want, Joe, said Pa. And Clay here will do what he can to make himself useful to you. Sure will, Joe, said Clay, now beginning to feel more at home again himself. And we want your animals to feel at home here, too. The door to the dim barn was open, but even without seeing the lions, Clay could sense some new and restless life about the place. 
and he caught a whiff of sharp animal odor that brought exciting memories of the menagerie of a circus he had seen two summers before. Look at Rusty, Pod chuckled. Rusty was standing, quiet but tensely watchful, at the corner of the sheep barn. You see, he's a working dog, Pa reminded Clay. He's got the sheep to guard, and if we sent him away, he would think it's because he had failed in his duty somehow. Don't fret about him, son. Rusty is too wise to go fooling around the big cats. It seemed Pa was right. Rusty's ears were pricked up, as if he realized some danger threatened his flock. He made no attempt to investigate the animal barn, from which such alarming new smells were wafted to his questing nose. But, by the alert set of his shaggy head and the determined stance of his sturdy legs, he was serving notice to the world that no lions were going to come prowling around the sheep barn either, not if he could help it. "'Come on,' Joe Dobbin was saying in his jolly voice. "'I'd like right now for you to meet my pets.' Just then, a deep, coughing roar sounded inside the barn. It caused the farm animals in the stable next door to snort and stamp with terror. A cow bowled loudly. Chickens set up a hysterical squawking. Ma, who had run down from the house with her shawl over her head, exclaimed, "'Heavens to Betsy!' She took a firm hold of Emily's hand. Tilly, who had followed Ma, fled spitting back to the house to hide beneath the porch. Clay felt a stab of fear, and with it the hope that the bars on those cage wagons were plenty strong, but that didn't make him any less eager to see what was letting out such tremendous roars. "'No cause to be alarmed, ma'am,' Joe was saying to Ma. "'It's only old Sultan, my tiger.' He winked at Clay and led the way into the barn. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share our podcast with a friend. Visit our website at www.enchantedlibrary.net to see our past books or to connect with us on Facebook. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash enchantedlibrary. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends, happy reading.